Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Glad that you're here. If you tuned in via live stream, glad you're tuned in. And um, I'm just, uh, again, excited to be in God's house and be able to hang out with you. And uh, I don't believe there's another place you could be right now that uh, would love you any more than we love you. And, uh, and just uh, point you to the one who loves you far greater, and that's Jesus. And so, um, but we are pumped and glad to be here. And we are in a series called The Return. And so um, this is the end of The Return. And so... Uh, the uh, fourth and final message in this series, we're going to revisit some things in the future because everybody's been asking, so we will. Uh, but right now, do this. Take your Bible and turn to Revelation chapter 20. A few excited folks. And if first time guests, that just means we believe the word. We're excited about it. If you uh, don't have a Bible, I encourage you to stop by Connect booth. Connect is there for many reasons, but uh, uh, you can stop by and pick up a Bible. We'll give those to you. Um, it's also a way that you can get plugged in and find out about our church, uh, get connected in uh, different areas of service, and so different ways. It's a great place to plug in and get connected. So swing by if you have any questions on that. But Revelation 20, we're going to start at verse 10, and uh, we're going to read a few verses, and I'm um, then going to just unpack some stuff this morning. So verse 10 says this. It says, The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever. forever. I, I like this, like forever. I mean, I sound a lot forever. I mean, this is... A, Forever. This is, is forever and ever. What a great day when that great deceiver is done and cast down. And so verse 11 says this. Sometimes we want to stop at verse 10, but verse 11 says this. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up to dead who were in, uh, the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his work. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone, this is important, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Let's pray. We're going to need to pray today. God, we thank you. And uh, we ask that your spirit right now will just uh, lead us and direct us into uh, your word this morning and uh, speak to us uh, through your word. Let our hearts be open today, God. And I thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that you have for us as your people. God, I thank you, Lord, that uh, we don't have to face this judgment. And, uh, Lord, there are greater things for the believer, Lord. And I pray, God, each person under the sound of my voice follows you, serves you, believes in you, surrenders to you, God. And, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for making a way and providing that for us, God. And we just thank you for uh, the great and blessed hope of your return that we're longing for. And in the meantime, Lord, just, just occupy and stay busy till you come about your business, Lord. We ask that in Jesus' name. Say it with me. Amen. 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 Uh, have you ever had someone uh, kind of maybe come up to you and tell you, I, I, I got some good news and I got some bad news? You know what I'm talking about. You ever, you ever had that? Someone comes up to you and 
And your first initial reaction is, you know, you don't want to hear the bad. You just, I mean, just, but, you know, they kind of have both. And uh, let me just by show of hands, let me just get a quick survey. Uh, when someone comes to you with that, do they do this? Do, do they say, you know, which one you want first? And uh, do you go, do you vote for the good news first? Few people's, okay, interest, okay. Uh, do you vote for the bad news first? Look at that right there. Okay, this is pretty close to first service. Very similar numbers, it looks like. And uh, so, so uh, today, I, I, I feel kind of like I'm coming here with the same type of vibe in my heart. Uh, I got some good news and I got some bad news. And so, uh, thankfully, I set my notes up, so I'm going to give you the bad news first. So, uh, you, most of you will be happy about this. Uh, some of you, not so much. But, um, I, but throughout all the bad news, there's still great news. And so, we'll talk about all that. But uh, I want to talk uh, this morning and, uh, and discuss some things. Again, this series is called The Return. It's about the return of Jesus. Jesus is coming again. He's going to come again. He will come again. And so uh, we, we will, but as a result of his coming, have eternity somewhere. And so uh, we spent last week uh, speaking and just talking about the goodness of heaven. And man, I'm telling you, I absolutely so love just preaching that message and sharing God's word and speaking about the subject of heaven and how beautiful that place is going to be and, and trying to uh, look at scripture and see what that's going to be like. And we still can't even begin to grasp how beautiful of a place that's going to be. And so it was exciting to talk about that. But uh, to, today I'm going to do, I guess you can say, just the opposite of. Um, I, I want to talk to you on the subject of hell. And uh, I, um, I, I, want, I want you to understand that as I, I speak about this, I believe that I would be doing a uh, great injustice to you as your pastor, uh, as, a, as a person who brings God's word, who teaches the word of God, I would be doing a great injustice to you to tell you about heaven and not teach you about hell. It would be a great failure on my part as a pastor to do that. And so, uh, unfortunately, I will say there are uh, places today, there are churches that are not teaching the full scriptures when it comes to things like this because it does make us uncomfortable. Let's just be real. It is a place that uh, it's not fun to discuss and talk about. And so it is, it is uh, difficult. It's a difficult message to preach, uh, difficult messages to hear sometimes. But I've sat back, and I told you last week that as I was studying and preparing for this message last week on heaven, I just sat my office and I just cried. And uh, it was just for, for reasons that were like just hard to describe, just to think about eternity with Jesus. And, and a, at a place where we discussed, you have to listen to the whole message to understand how, how beautiful heaven's going to be. But I just sat and cried in awe of the goodness of God. And I sat in my office again this week and I cried, but I, I cried for different reasons. I, I cried because there are, um, there are pro great possibility of people that I know and love uh, will spend eternity in hell. And uh, it's very difficult to grasp and, and to wrap my mind around it to think of, but this is a, uh, it is the reality we must think about. So I want to tell you today, I want to give you three things on this subject, and if you take notes, the number one thing is this, and I want you to get settled is this, that hell is real. Hell is real. It's, um, again, tough to discuss, but the Bible talks about hell. You can find this 167 times. Uh, we see that Jesus says some very, uh, I, I guess you could say, disturbing things on this subject. And a lot of times when he spoke on this subject, and a lot of times he actually spoke this to religious people. 
He spoke that to them. He talked to them. He, he, he spoke this subject so clear, and, and he was very passionate about this subject. And uh, he, uh, he was engaging these people, I believe, uh, for something because he was compassionate. That's why I believe he did this. We, we see in Scripture that he, he lived uh, this 33 years, and we, we uh, believe that three years of that was, was ministry. He, he, at 30 years old, began this uh, kind of uh, public ministry. And so for three years, we, we see that he went and he preached and he taught. And we see recorded, when we look at Scripture, we can find about 33 times where Jesus spoke on the subject of hell. And so I got to think about this. I got to think that in, in just 36 months of ministry, 33 messages were on this subject about once every month that we know of. Again, the Bible says that there were things that were not recorded because there's so great of miracles and his teachings and the things can't, can't not contain all of that. But we know recorded, we see that almost once a month he preached on hell. I got to think, I said, man, Jesus would have a small church if uh, uh, today, if, uh, if, if uh, you know, kind of the way truth be told. Because again, it does not make for a great uh, teaching sometimes. It is tough. But again, I believe he did this because he was passionate. I believe he did this because he was compassionate. And he was believing that in everything within him for people to know and understand that this is not where you have to spend eternity. So he spoke, he talked about these things. And so I, I, I thought, well, some people say, well, I don't know if I believe in hell. I shared a statistic last week in a study that was done, uh, asked out of Americans, that, and it said that 78% of Americans said, I believe in heaven. I was like, that's awesome. But that same study says this, when the same people were asked, do you believe in hell? And only 58% said, I can believe in hell. And I, I, I struggle with that because when I look at uh, Scripture, the Bible teaches about both places. So the same place that we look at and we read about the glories of heaven, we read about eternity with Jesus, we talk about these streets of gold, gates of pearl, all these trans uh, levels that we experience there. We read and we see these things. We must also know that the Bible speaks about other things here. And so I, I, I have to stand on the stage and teach this. I, I had lunch this past week with a retired minister, great man of God, who I um, know personally, and he's, he's given his life for ministry and the gospel, and he's taught for many years, and he's going through a difficult kind of season right now in his life. And in this difficult season, I just feel like, you know, go out and spend some time and, and, and just, you know, kind of fellowship with him and encourage him, and it was interesting. I was sitting there, and I began to talk, and we were discussing, and I began to tell him about the current series that we're in here at our church. And I told him, I said, it's called The Return. And, and I, I told him, I said, it's about the coming of Jesus. And so he kind of sat there, and during this message, or during our, our conversation, he, he had this kind of same look on his face. You know, and I was telling him, I said, man, that first message, it was about John 14 and about that Jesus has said this, he's going to go away and he's going to come again. And he's preparing this place and we could spend, and he was kind of sitting there and he just kind of smiled at me, you know, and had this look on his face. And, and I told him, I said, man, we talked the next week about according to scripture, when we believe that time frame, that season may come around certain areas or certain things we can be looking for. But I said, the most important thing we talked about that week was what we must do until he comes. And he was like, same kind of look. And, and, uh, and then I said, man, this past week, I spoke about heaven. And I said, and I told him, I said, man, I talked about heaven, how beautiful. And, I was, and he kind of had the same look. And then I said, and this week, I'm going to be speaking about hell. And he did this. I mean, literally at the table, he kind of raised his head up and his eyes opened up a little bit. He said, wow. 
He said, thank you. He said, you don't hear that teaching anymore. And I said, and I said it is sad. I said, Pastor, why do you think that's the case? And we kind of had a discussion, but it does not make us comfortable. But the Bible makes it very clear that there is a place called hell. Hell's real. So the first thing today, I just want you to settle in your heart. Again, not fun to hear, but to get settled in the mind to know is this, that hell is real. The number two thing is this. Hell is for eternity. Hell is for eternity. Uh, we, it's, again, we see these opposites between the heaven and hell and between even just the studies and what we learn about both. But one thing the scripture is very clear on, that in this area, they are the same. They are both forever. They're both for eternity. Um, uh, we, we see, according to the Bible, that this does last on both sides. Matthew 25, 46 says this. It says, And these will go away into everlasting punishment. Again, speaking of hell, everlasting punishment. But the righteous into eternal life. Remember, I've told you it's bad news, but good news all the way through this thing, just if you can grab it. But we, we see this. Again, there is this everlasting punishment in this eternal life. And if you study that in the Greek, both of these words are the same word. It's the same word. So you, you have to look at this, and both of these mean the same thing. And it means that it is without end, it will not cease. Without end. So without end, we have everlasting punishment. Without end, we have eternal life. And so without end, either one of those things are placed before us. And so that does some things that blows up and just totally messes up some of the theories that are out there today. There are different things that are being said on the subject of hell, even of those, again, only about half today even believe in its existence. And then those who actually want to say, yes, we actually do believe that there is this going to be this place called hell. They even want to do this and they'll take this mindset. And there's big teachings about this, that hell is going to be a temporary place. It's going to be a temporary place. And then for a temporary moment, whether one or two things are going to happen, there are people who kind of have a mindset that have what they call annihilationist. Annihilationist. And so an annihilationist uh, is kind of like, uh, maybe like, uh, sound like a cool name for like a comic book group of people, you know. So the annihilation, you know, I don't know. But you kind of think that mind. But, but this mindset thinks this. They believe that hell's temporary. You will go there, you'll, you'll pay for his sin, and then you're just annihilated, and you just kind of burn up, and you dissolve, and then it's over, and you don't have to deal with that f- for eternity. It's, it's being taught. There's also a very heavy teaching today that, are, that is being taught that hell is temporary, even if you've not even trusted in Christ, you, you know, if you've, you've made the decision to reject him, you go there temporarily, and then for temporary, you pay penance, and you, you pay for the sin that you've done, and then once you've kind of, you know, kind of took a few licks and done your thing and paid your time, you ultimately end up in heaven. Some of the teaching even says this, that, that even Satan himself will ultimately end up in heaven. It's, 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 it's mind-blowing because everything that I read in Scripture tells me this is for eternity. And we have a hard time grasping eternity. You know why? Because we're very fast-paced world now. Our society is, 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 is so crazy. Some of you, even during this message, you've done like 15 things. You've, you've checked Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, uh, you've Snapchatted. You've checked your email. You text your buddy. You slid in the version for just a few minutes and read that first Scripture. Then you slid out... Mm, some of y'all got convicted right there. It's okay. It's okay. Altar will be open. But, um, but we, we do this sometime, and, and, and I would encourage you, again, those things are all great, but try to put them in place so you can stay focused on God's Word and God's house. It's important. 
but, but we have this mindset. And we were having a conversation, me and one of the guys from church, he's, a, he's an IT guy, and we were talking about the time when dial-up internet uh, used to be in, in, in existence. Um, some of you younger folks don't, don't know how this works, but dial-up internet is, is one of those things where literally through the phone line dials up, and, and you would do this. If you were going like to get online, this is what you would do. You'd go to the computer, log in, then you'd go take a shower, you go eat supper, have lunch, go hang out with your buddies, wash the car. Then you would come back by later on by the computer and you would check and see if it's logged in yet. And it was still going, you know, I mean, you were still checking this out. So, so we have a hard time grasping that today because we're so fast paced. But to think that according to scripture, we see this, we see something that's going to be for eternity. And the Bible makes it clear what that's going to look like. Uh, we, we, we see things that, that according to Scripture, what's going to take place. And contrary to popular opinion, this is not going to be the party place. It will not be the place of celebration. This will not be where I'm going to go with my buddies and we're going to do this forever. No, no. This is what we see in Scripture. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9 says this. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. So last week we saw that man for eternity in heaven with God, in eternity with friends and family, fellowship, those who have trusted in Christ. We see this, but then we see here what this looks like. This is eternity away from the presence of the Lord, away from the glory and power. So we know that, that according to these things, we see a description of kind of what looks like. We see this eternal destination of, of suffering and separation from God for those who reject him. We see according to scripture, some things here that are very important. We saw things that this will be a place of torment. This will be a place that, that there'll be a place of the script. The Bible uses the words torment and punishment, destruction. These are the things that we see on this subject. These are the things that we read about in Scripture. In our text today, it said that in verse 10 of Revelation, it says, though, that the devil who deceived them was cast into a lake of fire and brimstone. And it says this is going to happen day and night forever. We see this place described in this way. We see this place described. And for verse 15, it said, in anyone not found in the book of life. Was cast there. Now, I just, I don't know, it's difficult. It's, it's hard to, to grasp, I guess, the magnitude of what we're discussing today. And to think that this will take place, this will go on, and this will be eternal. Um, we talked about heaven. This is a place of rest and it was a place of hope, and it was a place of joy. We see the opposite. The Bible, again, it teaches us and, and tells us, according to Scripture, Revelation 14, it says, verse 11, And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest. Please hear this. No rest. No rest, day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives the mark. Of his name. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. They have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Uh, we see that it's a place of darkness and again destruction, torment, desperation, and 
I don't know, there's, there's been, uh, I was reading study that even scientifically, uh, there are a couple of things that, that help us remain mentally stable and emotionally able to, to, to keep some type of, of peace in our minds. And, and one of those things is light. And, uh, and, and just, I know, I know many people have great fear of darkness and, and struggle, even adults. And, uh, and, and, but to think that there will be this place of outer darkness that you can't even begin to wrap our minds. We don't understand this, how, 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 how difficult this will be because the Bible says that in heaven, there's not going to be even a need for the sun because the sun, S-O-N, is the light. Jesus is it. And there's going to be separation from him in this place of outer darkness. So it's hard to grasp this today. For eternity, there will be darkness. The Bible says that it'll be a place where there's literally a bottomless pit. Another thing that the same study showed that one of the things that keep us mentally sound to some degree is being able to be uh, present and stable on a solid ground. Imagine the feeling of constantly falling. Think about this, 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 this concept as we read Scripture. Jesus goes on to say things, and he says this, again, because he was full of compassion. There's no other reason. He didn't say it because he, it, something within him wanted to upset someone. I don't think that. I don't preach the things that I preach because I want to upset. We preach the things that we preach because it's, it's true. And, and Jesus taught things and he, he made statements. And you can find this where Jesus himself seven times, he, he describes this place uh, of, a, of a place of weeping, wailing. It's a place of gnashing of teeth. And, and, and some of us have heard that that verse or that concept a little bit. And I don't know if you even understand where that even came from. Uh, it, it, is, it is Jesus, and he's describing uh, a, a place called Gehenna, which is one of the names actually of, from hell when you study that out. But he was describing a place, and he was, he was describing uh, and, and, and saying reference to this because this was something that the Jewish people understood. And, and they understood it because of this. They were in captivity, and they come out of captivity. But while they were in captivity in, in, in the Babylonian uh, kingdom, they, they saw things there that took place. They watched while they were in captivity. They watched uh, literally child sacrifice take place. And, and the children of, of the people there who would offer their child up to sacrifice to this God of Molech. And so they would do this. There was a place that would burn continually and, again, difficult to, to say. But they would take those children and they would line them up and they would send them into the fire. And that place was described as, as a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. They, they, this was a physical area. This was south of Jerusalem, if you, can, if you can get this in your mind. This was outside the city, south of Jerusalem. And then this place became known as this. It was a place where it was kind of like our landfill today, our dumps or whatever. And they would, they would physically, they would burn things there. They would burn the trash. They would burn the things that were, that were there. And they would do this for those who did not have the money to have themselves a, a proper burial. They would take those dead and they would send them into that fire. And burn them up. And Jesus takes those words and seven times speaks that to the people that are around him. 
Sometimes you can find it this way used. He's telling a parable, and a parable is it's a small story that has this big idea. And so sometimes you see it being used in that. And, and I, I want to, and, and just in, in some way to try to say, man, well, maybe it's not going to be as bad as of what it really is. He's just using it as a parable. It's an illustration. No, but as I was studying this, I saw it as something that leaped off the page in me. In Matthew 8, you see a story. And you'll see where a centurion comes up to Jesus and he needs prayer for his servant. And so he comes up to Jesus and asks of him to pray for this, this servant of his. And so he sees this and he, he comes to Christ. He, he comes to Jesus and he says, will you pray? And will you do this? And Jesus sees faith in him and he says this. He said, I, I see something great in you. And then in the middle of this story, not this parable, it's a literal physical thing that happens. And so you just have to see how, how powerful this must be. If we were in this service and someone is here and they come up and they're saying that, man, I need this prayer. All eyes were on them. And he took that opportunity. He took that moment to speak verse 12 in Matthew 8. And he said, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I'm going... I don't, I don't, I'm just I'm going, that just did not fit the moment. I mean, seriously, it did not fit the moment. I mean, you know, here it is. This person needs this miracle from God, and their people are tuned in, and they're focused, and he says they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'm going, well, why, Jesus? Why? Because I believe he was full of compassion. I believe his heart, again, was so compassionate, filled with this. And I, I don't know about you. I'm in a place right now from this stage. I could really use some good news. And the good news is this. And the good news is point three of this message today is that hell wasn't designed for you. Come on, give him a praise. It, it was not designed for you. Verse 41 of Matthew 25 says this. It says, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into eternal fire. Again, we see it. Prepared for the devil and his angels. Who was hell created for and designed for? It was created for the, for the devil and his angels. That are the, that's the only ones who in any way this was ever designed and created for. We, we learned week one that Jesus said this. He said, I go away and prepare a place for you. I'm leaving here. I'm ascending to heaven, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. The place that, that, that Jesus prepared for us is heaven. The place that he desires for us to spend eternity, and according to Scripture, his will that none perish, all come to repentance. That is the design. That is the purpose. And so we see Scriptures like this, and we have to understand this, that Jesus made a way. And the greatest news of all that I can tell you today is this. The greatest news that you can hear today, and the, literally the, the, the word, the gospel, as you see it, it means good news. And the good news is this, that Jesus stepped out of heaven. He came to earth. He took on the sin and the shame and the things that would send us to that place. He took that upon himself and he took it to a cross and he gave his life for us. And, and he literally, he said it was finished from this cross. And on that third day, he arose from the grave and he ascended to heaven and he's going to come again for us. And we ask questions and we say things and it's natural. It's natural. We say this and I, I've heard it and I, I probably even said it. How does, 
How does this loving God send someone to this place called hell? <laughs> and, and, if, and if, again, what we've heard today, we must understand that he does not send us to this place. He's placed before us a choice. And, and here's what I, I think. I've been a minister now a while, and I never really, to my knowledge, know anybody that just says, you know, man, that hell place sounds better than heaven. Lay it out, man. Let's go hell. I don't, I've never seen it. I don't think it comes that way. C.S. Lewis, again, my favorite writer, I love quoting this guy, man. He said this, he said, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signpost. So it's not in most cases, this, I'm just, I just totally, man, I'd rather go to hell. No, you don't. You see this, this slope, this slippery slope. And, and, and I'll, I believe the greatest question, is the even better one is this. If hell is real, what would this loving God do to keep us from going there? I think that's a better question to ask. If hell is real, what would this loving God do? You know what he would do? He would give his greatest possession his son. He would give his greatest gift. And, and, and you know the verse. John three sixteen says this. It says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. L- listen, you have to see this. He did everything that he could do for us. He, he told us in, in, in John 14, week one of this message, he said that I am the way, I am the truth, I'm the life. He made that available for us. And, and this, is, this is what, again, according to the Bible, each person who's heard this message today, it's tough and difficult as it is, there's been something that has gone on inside of you. There's something that's taken place. Romans 8, 16 says this. It says that the Spirit Himself, and that is a capital S, it is the Holy Spirit that is part of this Godhead. It says the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. It bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit and does this, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. What are you saying? What are you, what do you mean? Within you, as you've heard this, the Spirit of Himself has connected with inside of your heart. And every person here understands, again, that there is something in there that is telling you, regardless of what you hear, and I have, there's a better place, and, and this is your promise. And this is what is incredible and the greatest news of all. Romans 10, 9 says this. He says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. There is room for this. There is available. And, and, and this, is, this, is, this is one of the things, again, I, I, st- I go to deeper into Scripture sometimes and I say certain words and what they mean for a certain reason. Some people avoid this, but I, I use certain words and we study things in the Greek and we try to learn certain reasons because it's important. Our English word here has not done justice to that word belief. 
has not done justice, that word. It makes us somehow just think that this is something that just happens with inside of our head, just a simple acknowledgement, but that is not exactly what that means. And a matter of fact, it does this. It goes into even deeper, I believe, and this is a separation that I see in Scripture here. It says that even the demons themselves believe. They believe, they acknowledge this, they believe this to be true. The difference is this. The difference is that you believe this within your heart. And you believe this, within this, 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 that it is well in my soul, within my spirit. I believe this to be true. And this word means this. This word believe, it means this. It means to, f- to be fully convinced of, to acknowledge, and to rely on. And this is what it does. It puts a trust in us that produces obedience. That's what this does for us. And for us, God has done this. He has made available for each person in here a choice. A choice. I want you to do this. I want you to stand with me. And the worship team is going to come around. And, and just right where you're, right where, I want you to just take a moment, quiet as you can. Just stand. And, and I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads. And ask you just to close your eyes for one moment. And as you've heard this today, yeah. Uh, I know it's been difficult. It's not easy to hear. and You're not even easy to preach. But what has happened on the inside of you when you've heard this message? What has the Holy Spirit bore witness to within your heart today? Inside your spirit, inside of you. What does he, he bore witness to today? And we'll know. And I, one thing I've been, I'm asking God to put inside me and to put inside each of us, that we'll examine our heart, and we'll do this, we'll become passionate, and with the same compassion that Jesus has, speak the truth of God's word to those that we love as well. It would be, it would be crazy, listen, just for a moment, it would be crazy to think, if you was leaving this place this afternoon, you get in your car and as you go home, and there's someone that you know, and that you love, and you care for, And as you're going down the road, you see this. You see their car overturned on the highway. And you know that's them. It would make no sense to just drive by. It made no sense. And and, and if, again, we love them, we know them. Even if that car was on fire, we we would do something. We would, everything within us, Everything within us, we would try to remove them from that situation. I don't want less than prayer because <laughs> we're pretty heavy on that subject around here. But you wouldn't just keep driving and say, man, I'm going to pray for them. We'll pray they get out and Lord, send somebody to help them out of there. Oh, man. I don't know what today situation of your vehicle that you're in your heart. I don't know where you're at. But what does the Holy Spirit bore witness to your spirit today? You have to make this choice. And you may be saying this, Pastor, how do, how do I make, I don't, help me, how do I choose this? What do I do? I'd love to help you. I'd love to help you. Has someone help me? It was my dad, and he sat, and we was on our, our couch, and on my couch in our home, he helped me. He helped me make this choice. He led me, and I I gave my life to Jesus that day. I believed in Him. (laughs) I believed in Him and committed my life. You know what God wants to do right now? 
He wants to put his arms around you and love you. And you may be thinking, man, I've done so many bad things. I deserve hell. I've done so much bad stuff. That man, that, that's really, that's what I deserve. Listen to me. Jesus made the way for heaven. He took the sin, the shame, the pain, the guilt. He took all those things. So it's not what we deserve. It's what he desires. And he desires for you. His will for you is eternity with him. And just if you're a believer in Christ, I just want you to just keep your head bowed down. And, and as you've heard this message even, the Holy Spirit is bore a witness with, with the Spirit inside of you. That you're a child of God. You know that's true. But if for some reason, for some reason right now, you're unsure of that. I, I want you to do this. I want you just to raise your head up and I want you to just to look at me for a minute. I just want you to raise your head up. If, if, if as you've heard this message, you're unsure, you're unclear and you don't know and you want to surrender your life, I just want you to just raise your head and look at me for just a moment. Thank you. Anyone else? Just look at me. This is... This is this is not judgment. This is something, a decision, a choice that we've all had to make at some point. I want you to know this. Jesus loves you with an unending love. He loves you so much, he left heaven and came to earth for you. If this is you, this is your heart today, and you say that I want the Holy Spirit to bear witness inside of me, that heaven will be my home. Just right where you're standing. I, I want you just to pray something like this. I just want to help you in this. Just say, dear God, you just pray this in your heart. Dear God, I believe today in my heart that Jesus came to earth and gave his life for me. I believe today in my heart he gave his life and I believe he arose from the grave. I believe in my heart that he ascended to heaven and is going to come again. I believe that to be true. And I want to commit my life to you today, God. And I pray your Holy Spirit will just bear witness inside of me today. And I'm your child. And I receive you now in faith and by grace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.